listening to heal with sarah livia welcome beautiful this is the podcast where you will learn from world-class guides and experts about all the different healing modalities and self-actualization tools out there to inspire you on your healing and growth journey whatever that looks like i'm your host sarah olivia embodiment pleasure and self-love coach and a somatic healing guide. I am so honored to have you listening. Buckle up, bring an open heart and an open mind, and let's jump in. Hello, love. Welcome to this episode of Heal with Sarah Olivia. A little content warning for you before I dive in. I am going to be talking about my mental health journey today and some of that will include um, discussion of depression. So if that's something that you don't have the capacity to listen to right now, I lovingly invite you to skip this episode and join me next week, or you can check out some of the previous episodes. Hopefully my voice isn't distractingly bad. I'm starting to get a little bit ill and also just don't have so much power in my voice after a weekend in London celebrating a friend's wedding and also a birthday party, so loud rooms, and my voice is a little bit shot, but hopefully um, hopefully it just adds a little bit of husky intrigue for you as you listen. So I've been definitely a little bit resistant um, sitting down to record this episode, but it does feel like a really important episode to share early on in this podcast journey because it really does lay a lot of the groundwork for what I am doing. It gives you a lot more context um, in terms of my own story and my journey but of course we often feel some resistance when it comes to sharing things that feel um, a little bit tender and obviously very personal and of course doing it in a way that actually feels helpful and productive for the purpose of this podcast and what I intend it to kind of um, provide for the listeners. So I've decided that it's not really so important to talk about what exactly happened to me. Um, Also, it's kind of necessary that I don't share too much about that. Um, And It's also not so important what has exactly happened because things can happen to us before we even form memories of them. Stories, impressions, beliefs can form before we are, you know, at an age that we form memories and those things still create lasting impressions in our nervous system and in our emotional brain. So yeah, it's not, it's not so important. What is important is what the impact is and how that affected my life, how that affected my kind of emotional growth um, and how I've been able to kind of show up in my life. And of course, it is important what I did about it. So that's really what I'm going to focus on for the most part today. I also really want to take a moment just to preface that even if you had a 
privileged childhood where you had your physical and material needs met and even if there was no big t capital t trauma event such as a death um even if that didn't happen to you and you were um by all intents and purposes fine quote unquote that does not necessarily mean that your emotional needs have been met or that you haven't been subjected to little t trauma which is repeated chronic um, patterns and events and behaviors maybe from caregivers maybe from elsewhere which create a sense of unsafety in the nervous system and can over time build up to really chronic and lasting repercussions in terms of how we are able to process and respond to stress in our lives, how we are able to form emotions, um, experience emotions, and it just impacts every layer of our existence, cognitively, behaviorally, emotionally. So I just want to name that because I feel like a lot of people don't address their healing because they don't feel like whatever happened to them is bad enough for it to be worth it. Whereas in fact, the long-term repercussions of even, let's say, relatively mild trauma are absolutely huge when it comes to the whole of a life lived. So when we are children and we feel whatever sense of unsafety, um, this can often manifest then in later life with emotional numbing and shutdown and just not really feeling like a fully real person. You can have this feeling that something is wrong or that you are somehow wrong. There can be specific fears and beliefs and patterns that you just play out again and again. And this has definitely been my experience after after a childhood that was, you know, for the most part, very privileged and from the outside, really quite beautiful. And I have so many beautiful and happy memories of my childhood but there also was an element that left me really quite nervous often very unhappy and I had a lot of nervous system dysregulation that has continued into adulthood so for me really my biggest challenge has been not being able to feel and this is something that I talk about quite a lot in the context of healing on a deeper level so often we are afraid of feeling sadness and grief and distress and obviously those things in extreme can be incredibly hindering to us you know living our lives but for me the biggest challenge has just been feeling numbness not being able to feel my sadness not being able to feel my anger and then also on the flip side not being able to feel the full highs um, of joy and love that I you know would obviously want to experience in my life and this is one of the big reasons why my learning and my work is moving towards tantra because this is such a huge piece of tantra is how to feel fully alive while we are alive and I think what I find quite interesting when I look back on my own story is how long I was able to push away the eventual, the eventual crash 
let's say, from everything that I had experienced. There was definitely a culture in my family of extreme emotional resilience, as there are in so many families, right? This is not unique to me. We are praised, you know, especially in, you know, especially up till now, really, when we're now starting to understand the importance of not suppressing emotions. But I was praised as a child for not crying, for not feeling, for being brave. And when my mum was ill, and then after she passed away, that was incredibly um, damaging, right, to be constantly praised for my resilience and for not crying and not, you know, just allowing myself to be human and feel things. So I think for, you know, really forever, but especially in that period of time um, before and after she passed away, I learned a very damaging lesson, which I am still on the journey to undoing but thankfully have come very far with of you know unlearning not to feel and allowing myself to experience all of my emotions and to really allow my heart space especially to open that has been something that has been such a journey is allowing my heart to open both to sadness and also to joy and to love but as I said I managed to keep those things at bay for a long time life can be very distracting life can be full of excitement and it can be um, all too easy to push those things away and to kind of live in a bit of a grayscale numbness where we're not really fully alive but also we're not necessarily 100% aware of that and we're not um you know, struggling to function due to our mental health. So we just kind of potter along. In a way, the pandemic was a blessing for me in the sense that all of those distractions were stripped away. And in a way, it was incredibly traumatic in itself and very damaging. Um, But really in 2021, I had a complete crash mental health wise um we had been trying so hard for so long to kind of keep ourselves okay my husband had had a really difficult time I'd been having a really difficult time and then we learned um I learned something about my kind of family history that really destabilized my entire sense of um my identity what my life had actually been what my family um, actually were. That's vague, but intentionally so. And I just absolutely spiraled um, in a way that I'd never done before into such a deep depression that I was struggling really to function, flow. My husband was not really sure how to help me understandably. And I had been seeking out therapy, but I just hadn't been finding the help that I really needed. And so a few years ago, I'm gonna talk now a little bit about different types of therapy and how this kind of leads into what I now do and why I now do what I do. So a few years ago, I had therapy for the first time when I was, 22 and this was really the first time that I was able to 
share more about my life and my childhood and all of these things and it was very very helpful to gain that deeper level of awareness and understanding and I do think that talk therapy is very helpful but I also find that it has its limitations and the reason for this is really just neurological that we don't actually have a connection between the part of our brain that is thinking um, and talking and the part of our brain that is feeling and the part of our brain that is dictating our nervous system response so we really need deeper access than that in order to heal on a level that will actually allow us to change our emotional state and therefore our thoughts and our habits so that really for me has been the journey and back in 2021 I kind of knew because I'd already been doing a lot of deep access work through my yoga practice and especially through my breathwork training that I was just about to complete I knew that I needed to go deeper than talking and that my nervous system was really the part of me that needed healing that there was a deeper trauma that I just wasn't accessing by talking so I went on a bit of a quest and I finally found a therapist who practices EMDR which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing it's a really incredible kind of therapy which you can either do through bilateral tapping so that means tapping basically on either side of your chest with opposite hands um, or you can do it through eye movement I did it with tapping and I think that might have been because I was doing it remotely and I'm not sure if the eye movement would have worked as well but this is very well researched form of therapy for people with PTSD and it essentially stimulates both sides of the brain and allows the brain to actually heal from trauma that it physically previously wasn't able to heal from. It's a very intense form of therapy. Um, you really cannot hide from the parts of yourself that are deeply wounded and deeply tender, but it is the first thing um, that I felt was actually transforming me from the inside out I always kind of joked over the year that I was doing that therapy when people would ask me like what I've been up to I'd just be like I've just been deconstructing and reconstructing my psyche no biggie um, but it really did feel like that so that it would be my first recommendation if you are dealing with any level of deep trauma EMDR is in as an incredible practice an incredible form of therapy that you can seek out if you feel like you are just not able to make the shifts that you're trying to make if you're doing a lot of mindset work and um, a lot of self-care and a lot of positive psychology work all of these things that are so so helpful but aren't really going to get to the depths of your wounding so I highly highly recommend that by the time I finish my journey with EMDR and I say finished I could well go back to that when I discover that there are more things that I want to process in that way I really felt that I had brought myself back to like level um so I wasn't deeply depressed or you know at some points during that bout of depression I was really contemplating my worth and whether I should even exist 
which was scary and I'd never really um, experienced that before but it wasn't actually so surprising that would eventually happen when I look back at quite how dysfunctional my childhood had been um, but I was feeling after the long time long time doing EMDR therapy I was feeling level but I wasn't feeling as alive as I wanted to um, and so I knew that there was further to go and that is how I discovered the healing power of breathwork I knew that breathwork was very powerful on a physiological level and I'm trained in breathwork I'm trained in breath journeys but I'd never had them um, facilitated in a way that holds space for deep trauma healing and what was amazing is I went and practiced uh, went and learned with Amy Rushworth who's a really wonderful breathwork healing guide and empowerment teacher she's fab and I realized that the technique that I had been trained in and certified in to run and facilitate breath journeys was actually a deep nervous system healing technique. It had just never been framed for me as such. Uh, so that was incredibly exciting. I was like, I already actually have this um, in my toolkit. And so I was breathing with her and processing a lot of things. And at the same time, diving into sacred sexuality practices, which were starting to awaken my sense of aliveness. And there's a lot of different um, reasons why this is the case and I probably will do a totally separate episode on why sacred sexuality practices are such powerful healing tools but breathing and awakening my pleasure in conjunction was for me the I guess like the ice cream, the cream and the cherry on top. Um, I feel like the EMDR was like the bowl because I felt very permeable um, <laughs> before that. Um, so yeah, the EMDR was the bowl and then the breath work and the sacred sexuality practices were the whole Sunday. So that is really what has, you know, through in terms of my lived experience and understanding like, what has made the most difference to me and what has allowed me to feel fully engaged and fully turned on and radiant and loving and open and all of the things that I want to feel. Every day in my life, in my relationship, in my work, I really believe that feeling whole, feeling alive, feeling turned on, in every way is our birthright so that is kind of always my commitment to myself and my commitment to my clients that that's what we work towards when um, we enter into a container together but it truly is a lifelong journey there are moments where you know we initiate a part of that journey and we can go through especially intense periods where we are doing a lot of shadow work and we are shedding old beliefs we are unearthing painful wounds and stories and we are allowing parts of ourselves that are deeply wounded 
and deeply tender to be seen and heard and felt maybe for the first time ever and that can be obviously a very intensive process to access these parts of ourselves which have been pushed away and exiled for a really long time and of course we are very clever our brains are very clever at avoiding pain you know um and we can get very frustrated with ourselves for numbing and for even getting confused and forgetting things and these are just coping strategies these are things that our brain does in order to protect us from that trauma and from that wounding and that pain so just kind of giving yourself that grace and that understanding and that gratitude actually that like when you weren't in a place with the capacity to feel all of those things you weren't um and there is a time there is a time and a place for those parts of yourself to be listened to and to be healed and you'll know when it is time for that I think for me having the space of being in Germany and also having the space of um the pandemic you know as difficult as that was it gave me a lot of breathing room and space and time to unwind a lot of things that I just don't know if I ever would have addressed. So you may be wondering, okay, you've been through this whole journey, I maybe don't have the time or the resources to invest in lots of different forms of therapy and in breath work and in tantra trainings and I get that that is my journey and that is you know what I choose to spend <laughs> all of my time and efforts towards um, but if you are wondering okay how do I get that deep access the practices that you can try which are not particularly time or um, money cost heavy are firstly really any kind of breath work, the kind of breath work that I practice or that I teach is um, cyclical connected breathing. Um, but even just doing nervous system calming, soothing breath work is going to have a really powerful impact. Ecstatic dance, which is something that I facilitate in Bonn where I live, but is something that anyone can do anywhere, anytime. Ecstatic, intuitive flowing movement allows us to embody and process and really feel emotions without necessarily having to bring them into consciousness, which can be very helpful for people that don't really 100% know or want to know what it is that they need to heal from. And it really brings us out of our kind of thinking and doing state and into just being and feeling and this is a deeply healing state to be in it's also been shown that rhythmic repetitive movement aka dance has really quite powerful trauma healing effects um so it's something that i just love practicing myself and i love facilitating and yeah the impact it has on participants when we do that is so so beautiful and then finally, sacred sexuality practices are not something that costs any money. All you need is yourself and a little bit of time. What is the difference between sacred sexuality 
and kind of healing practices versus just self-pleasure well mindfulness breathing taking time removing the goal and really seeing every part of the experience and every part of yourself and everything that you experience as sacred this is a really beautiful thing that you can just play with and there's you know not really some not really anything that you can do wrong there as long as it feels good and you're removing judgment and just allowing your experience to be whatever it is it's a good thing so I'm going to leave you with that and I hope that this story this episode has resonated and been received by the part of you that needed to hear that and know whatever you needed to know and I'm lovingly reminding you that it is never too late to embark on that journey to find that wholeness and that aliveness it is your birthright and no matter who you are no matter what you are working with remember that it is possible to heal i am sending you all my love Thank you so much for spending your time listening to this episode of Heal with Sarah Olivia. I appreciate every moment that you spend with us here. If you would like to connect with me further, you can follow me on Instagram, Heal with Sarah Olivia, or on my website, HealWithSarahOlivia.com all very straightforward. You can find all of the links to my work and our guests' work in the show notes below. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, I would be so grateful if you would follow this podcast, rate it on whichever platform you use, and you can also tag me when you share this on your social media, and you will be in with a chance of winning a tailored one-on-one breath journey with me. Finally, the beautiful music that you have heard is by my friend Ali Reza Abdullahi. So thank you so much to him for that beautiful piece of work. Have a lovely day. Sending you so much love.